911 emergency response. How can I assist you? Yeah, I'm calling to report a fire. Yes, sir. Where can we find this fire? Uh, it's actually a dumpster fire in New York. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, where exactly is it? Um, at NASL headquarters. Um, their Ryo OKC section is kind of burning up. Again? I mean, um, I'll send a crew over momentarily. 911, what's your emergency? Yes, uh, I'd like to report the fire the, 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 in the dumpster at the NASL headquarters. The, the Ryo OKC fire at NASL headquarters. Yes, sir. Our crews are already on the way. No, no, no. There is another one in the Fort Lauderdale section of the building. Oh, all right. I'll I'll make sure to alert the first crew. Thank you for a call. 911, emergency response. Hello. I was calling about NASL HQ. Yeah, the dumpster fires, NASL headquarters, Ryo OKC, Fort Lauderdale. No, yep, no, no, already... no, no, not the fires. It's actually Minnesota and Ottawa. They're leaving, and they're taking all of our fire extinguishers. Jesus. 911, how can I direct your call? Hi, uh, I'd like to report a portable toilet ablaze near the FC Edmonton corner of the NASL headquarters. Seems like... A clansman got in or something and, and tipped it over and lit a match. You guys should get here pretty quick. It smells really bad. All right. One moment, please. All available units, please be advised that there are multiple dumpster fires at NASL headquarters. Repeat, multiple dumpster fires on the north, south, center, and northwest of the building. Please be advised, the center and northwest fires may be hazmat situations. Copy that, dispatch. We've got an OWS truck coming in with some direct TV water, and that'll be enough to put out the fires, don't you think? Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast. My two United fans, this is Notch. And this is Colin. Insert your joke, I'm sure it's fine. This is episode 69. I'm just impressed we didn't make a sex joke with the episode number. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought about doing it for Caleb, especially because he's out on his wedding and <laughs> impending honeymoon. But I decided to be a little bit more demure. Exactly, but exactly. Sh- yeah, shout out shout out to Caleb. I told him that we would send our best wishes. He does yeah. get married on Saturday. Congratulations. This is really good for him. You all should all tweet him uh, and tell him how, how you feel about how happy you are for him. But uh, people who aren't happy are NASL fans because pretty much since... You know, about an hour after we start recording our last episode, it's been like one fire after another. Like our sketch suggested, things just going wrong one after the other, man. It's It's been a bad week. I mean, it, to be fair, I was thinking about checking Twitter during our break last week. And I probably would have caught the fact that Ryo OKC sold or lost half of its turf in a, um, what I think we'll call a freak Owner steals it accident. Um, Sean Jones, the minority <laughs> all owner. The time, com- you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, you know, I got home the other day and my roommate had taken half the floorboards and I was like, oh, that happened again. You know, so it's, I mean, it's completely understandable, you know, pretty typical. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. So what's um, this about? I, yeah, so Sean Jones, the minority owner of Ryo OKC, apparently confiscated 40 of the 92 tiles of the team's next field system sometime on the evening of August 29th. The team put out a statement suggesting that uh, they had miscommunicated and intent to sell the turf, condemned his actions, and said they didn't even know if the turf would be returned by their next game, uh, which comes up on Saturday. 
as of the recording, it's still missing. Well, I mean, uh, I think I think we've all been trying to find ways to make soccer more interesting for the American audience, and I think having half a pitch and half the ground not be a pitch would be a great way to do it, don't you think? It, like the ball oh, could exactly, run along yeah. the seam, and they could have like a special rule, like if if you're able to make the ball like uh, run along the seam from one end of the pitch to the other, you get like ten goals. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it would be best if you put like a like a ramp and every single. <laughs> ground pass would just kind of do some hazard it and just skip across the rest of the turf great i think if they've been smart they put one of the turf tiles that was left in the ground and like uh, put a bunch of water on it and then they like have three turf tiles by the by saturday exactly yeah 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 but this is ryo okc we can't really trust them for genius thinking ahead of time um (laughs) By the way, I, I just want to mention really quickly, their new chief uh, person in charge uh, of, of the front office is Don Buchholz, who's the former uh, guy in charge of Minnesota Stars. And, and yeah, for a brief yeah. time, Minnesota United as well. So he's got major uh, Minnesota links. And, and for his sake, I really hope that this situation does get sorted out because Jordan is an awesome, awesome dude. Yeah, there's there's... A- not that many guys that have as much experience with dealing with a team in complete shambles like Bukol. So yeah. let's hope they can kind of get things together under his watch. Um, but again, who knows what the turf situation is going to be this weekend. And I, I just got to say, I mean, like, really, who could have seen something like this coming? You know, it was like when Ryo Casey announced, you know, it was announced that it was going to be a colony club by a, by a team that was get threatened with relegation. And then when they finally got relegated, none of us could see uh, this coming at all. And it was, you know. Uh, I mean. <laughs> okay, this whole, like, work trip, by the way, I got to tell you, I, I I like being really funny in my presentations. And nobody's been getting my jokes. I think I think sometimes my sarcasm is a little too much for people, and they don't. I, I, you need to make sure that you change the tone of your voice when you're being sarcastic or something. Okay, be a wacky but, tone change. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I mean, you can see a lot of the problems, but it's gotten so ridiculous with Ryo at, at this yeah. point that. Literally, you have hit the point where you couldn't see things coming. I I also got to say that this is also a good example of how having someone competent um, as your head coach who can attract good players and maybe having a few good people at the front office, how good things can appear from the external side, even though they might not be so great from the ownership standpoint, you know, or or as a whole, uh, which is is what was happening earlier this year. But anyway, uh, you know, Got got to move on to to the the next piece of to news. more bad news. Yeah, mo- yeah even more, more bad news, which which is right. revealed actually and broken by my friend Stuart McTaggart, Fury fanatic, who uh, writes for Midfield Press and has done some pretty incredible things. He's also, by the way, a commentator on Ottawa Fury radio broadcast. That's really cool. He's like Fantastic. one of my favorite commentators in NASL. But um, he broke the news that Ottawa Fury are actually thinking about leaving the NASL. And, and some um, context was added later, which is, number one, that it's USL that they're considering. Number two, another guy from Ottawa revealed, uh, the reporter for the Ottawa Sun revealed that it's still 50-50 between the NASL and USL that a final decision hasn't been made. Ottawa Fury re- uh, revealed one of those uh, or released one of those statements which basically says, we love the NASL for now. Uh, you know, yeah. basically it, it they was, didn't deny it. it. It was probably the second weakest 
NASL related press release that I've seen this week. Right. We'll talk about the weakest <laughs> one later, but but yeah, it it it's strange that they would be looking to move to USL given that there's pretty serious talks of the Canadian Premier League starting right. up in 2018. Um, Although, kind of been the the, the the thing that Stuart said, another thing that he, he revealed is that the Canadian Premier League, he said that it's not going to be anything like we've heard about it being before. He and Duane Rollins, actually, who's been breaking the Canadian Premier League news, got into a little bit of a Twitter uh, back and forth about this because Duane has, stands by his reporting and Stuart says no, the sources are telling him completely different news that the CPL is going to be something entirely different than what we've thought about it as. So... In, it seemed to me, reading all of this information, that the Fury would go to USL and stay there. Um, to me, right. I, you know, I get. I guess I kind of get it. USL is a more stable league right now, um, from for, at least from the outside. But they still only have eight independent teams, man. Everyone yeah. else is MLS affiliated, which, which really puts it into perspective. You know, when we think about MLS, NASL's problems... You know, an 11-team league having some issues. Well, USL had eight independent teams, you know? And, right. and, and what, they lost, what, two this year? Yeah, yeah. Austin left mainly because of money problems related to their stadium. Right. I'm trying to think of who else took off. But regardless, though, it, I think it does make sense from a business perspective for Ottawa simply because you have a ton of teams that are nearby. Travel costs are going to be lower. And they've already signaled at least from the start of the season that they don't want to be spending quite as much on players and the level of guys that are going to be on their team in usl is a little bit lower which means that you can pay them a little bit less and you can also kind of avoid the arms race that's going on with nasl salaries this year speaking of uh paying players time to move on to the uh fort lauderdale strikers who uh i i feel like that's a terrible segue because it's talking about actually paying players. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it has some of the same words. So so the Fort Lauderdale yeah. Strikers basically are bouncing checks again. Um, again. Yeah. That's the fourth time this year where word has come out that paychecks rather late or bounce. Um, Pedro Heiser noted that the team also hasn't paid vendors all season. And West Berdine added on that they both pay- failed to pay health insurance premiums at the renewal time. And they're still getting fair amounts of transfer fees in, including $500,000 for PC earlier on this season. So where's the money? Where's the money? Yeah, basically you need to get uh, Tom Cruise in here, Jerry Maguire, to be like, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. Right. <laughs> Well, I think Neither I think of us he have that he, impression he, down. By the way, I, I think Jerry Maguire and Renee Zellweger could uh, run the Fort Lauderdale front office right now uh, with slightly more poise than what's happening, you, at least from the from the accounting standpoint. Because this is atrocious, man. I mean, we were assured. Like, I get it. Once you know it gets revealed in public, and and you know you, you have pie in your face, maybe you didn't understand how serious this is because you've been eating a lot of pie in Brazil or something. But um, you know, you've been riding the Guavatron. Or, or you're really excited to lace up for the NASL final so you forget about what running a team is actually like. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a pass for the first time. You know, they, they, the alarms got raised, but again? 
This is this is yeah. not good, man. And and right on cue, after this news comes out, a few days later, Bob Williams, the most generically named journalist in the entire world, uh, reported that the ownership group was planning to sell the team. So you know now there's just the Benny Hill music coming on. And it's like and and we're just seeing how everybody can Good run singing, around by the circles. Way. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah. it's really yeah, late I'm- here, man. It's like midnight, and I've and this is midnight, like London time. Uh, it's where where was, in the world is not right. I was in Bosnia, where it's like I think like two hours even later. So to my mind, it's like two a.m. Well, uh, yeah. moving along from uh, Fort Lauderdale, let's talk about BN, where another piece of bad news came up for itself. <laughs> it just it just doesn't stop because. Yeah, BN Sports um, have picked up a, I believe it's Conference USA or something like that for uh, the college football season, which just so happens to have a number of primetime Saturday night games. I wonder what happens during Saturday nights. Uh, 2,000 people tune in for Benny SL. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shoot. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, those 2,000 people are going to be super disappointed, man. Like I know, really, I know. Really badly disappointed. Yeah, basically, uh, BN has preempted NASL, um, and and it's it's still on their online platform, so that's something, and, I guess. And it's it's also been moved to BN Sports en Español, which is what? How many fewer homes get that? About s- about seven million. One little bit of BN news: they actually have added a couple of games that would be airing on BN Sports anyway. They're also going to air them on Espanol on that channel. Um, mm. They're primarily uh, Carolina Railhawks games because of um, their noted Mexican hero, Omar Bravo. Well, well, well we'll see if the, this grand experiment works. What's the what's the next piece of TV news? There's even more TV news this week. There is even more TV news. Um, One World Sports was removed from Sling TV kind of out of nowhere. Um, disappeared from a couple of streaming channels, but... All of a sudden, it pops up on DirecTV and UVerse, and that makes it all better, according to Reddit's NASL uh, peeps. It's like, haha, what will the haters talk about next? You know, all the other stuff we've talked about up to this point. Sorry, guys. Literally, ev- literally yeah. everything suddenly turned fine. Um, right. It is immense news, despite the fact that One World Sports already streams live on YouTube twenty four seven. See, but this is to me, it's like one of those like this is. To have a channel that your league is broadcast on on DirecTV is like the baseline. Like that, that's not something to be happy about. That's like the bare minimum being achieved. And the fact that and it got only... taken from out from Sling is also not a good piece of news for for me for sure. But also, I think it's it's a terrible thing. Yeah, and given the fact that the league actually had really pushed the fact that you can watch on Sling, you can watch on different cord cutter platforms. All of a sudden, it disappears for them. You know what's going on? Yeah, I but, mean, this. Uh, let's just put it this way. Okay, fine. It might be a minor piece of happy news for everybody that OWS is on uh, Directv now, but it doesn't make up for the fact that teams are having so much trouble. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, you're kind of this, this. If you find yourself letting yourself be happy about this news and forgetting about all the other bad stuff, you might want to think a little bit more rationally about your NASL feelings because i'm a relentless Check your priorities if you're thinking that this is going to be 
a panacea for all ills. Right. I, I'm a. I'm usually a relentlessly uh, optimistic NASL fan, and this all of the stuff that's happened in the last uh, nine or ten days has even tested my like positivity. Although, uh, offense... oh, so so that's that's what it is in your voice. It's not the tiredness. It's not the cold. Right. It's the fact that all of the news has been terrible this I, week. I just don't want to live anymore, man. It's it's this, I, this cruel world holds no There's more pleasure for me. There's hope on the outside, me. right? Yeah, exactly. You can do it, Notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offensive Loons fan though is much more positive about uh, NASL. So if you guys are are curious about why NASL will. Have a bump in the road, but we'll do fine. You also tweet at Offensive Loons Fan and check that out. Check out what he has right. to say. Um, but uh, g- getting actually to truly offensive stuff, the kind that Offensive Loons Fan would never kind of talk about. How about that for a segue, huh? How about that for a segue? Good work. Good work, Yeah, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, so talk about that stuff. The NASL has cleared Nico DiBiase of FC Edmonton of racially abusing Chris Nurse, um, which... I'm really disappointed by I see no reason to distrust Chris Nurse um, and his claims on Facebook. People aren't that well, psychotic to just go and like... Not, not only that, here's, here's the money quote from their statement. Quote, The league in no way questions the validity of the claim, but upon finishing its in-depth investigation, the league was not able to find conclusive evidence to corroborate the claim. So basically, the, the wagons were circled around DiBiase over at Edmonton. And nobody was willing to come out and say that that this actually happened. And look, Uh, I've fired people in various jobs for doing or saying something that seemed really offensive that they denied saying. Yeah, I mean, you just have to say that there's there's a certain amount of... um, if you, if you think the claim is valid, you can't come out and be like, well, but we couldn't find evidence. Like, either you believe them or you don't. Like, that's that's the thing. And and not I, only that, I, when you're doing an investigation like this, you need to put the burden of proof more on the accused than the accuser. You know, this isn't the American justice system. We're not looking to send somebody to jail. We need to instead think critically about why someone would say, Oh, this didn't happen. Oh, that didn't happen. Obviously, they're going to say that. They don't want their player to get suspended. I mean, uh, for me now, it becomes like if you're playing FC Edmonton, you need to wear like a wire, you know, like an audio recorder. Yeah, yeah. Because they're tiny now. And then just, just see what happens, right? You might you might get something like... Uh, I, I, hate to, I hate to give your joke more validity, but I was very seriously wondering, how are we going to police all of these situations like this? Because referees can't hear everything and you are going to run into situations where again it turns into a he said she said sort of thing yeah so broadcast you know, mics i, th- I think it, you just that's have, that's probably it yeah you have broadcast mics that can pick this stuff up and then you just have to go back and like give them a careful listen but i mean there's not going to be no perfect solution to this um speaking of perfect solutions what do you think of the result of san francisco delta's inaugural home jersey vote um maybe not my first choice but it's it's a nice looking jersey yeah you like it yeah you can go on their website and take a look at what was selected um buy yourself a copy if you feel so uh, inclined uh as well but you also at the end of this so so you've been talking news a lot which is uh kind of nice because i was waiting for news but not nice because not this particularly negative news but 
they're gonna you cap. were waiting for news and we got like a cavalcade of right. news instead instead of like good like some some like positive thing like oh we're gonna have a nasl team in sheboygan or something like that um the sheboygan penitentiaries or something like that <laughs> Uh, the Sheboygan sausages. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Um, yeah. And instead of that, Wisconsin, the land of beer, cheese, and sausage, and <sighs> literally nothing else valuable. I love Wisconsin cheddar cheese and beer batter. So brats. good. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, brats. Wait, beer battered brats? Like yeah. Or battered, like like deep fried and battered. Have you ever been to Wisconsin? Everything is battered and fried there, man. <sighs> That's a good point. Right. Exactly. Like I was, I was more just tripping off of like. The concept of it, and I I went to the Minnesota State Fair this year. Oh, did you? I know things that get battered and fried. I I think after I went there, my blood batter content <laughs> probably would have been illegal. There you go. Yeah, no, that, that's the right way to do the fair. But um, get, getting back to it, you know, like I was saying, I, I expected there to be good news when I when I had a news heavy episode, but instead we got this all this bad news. And to cap it off, we should have a little bit of a big picture discussion, don't you think? Um, yeah, because so how it. are you feeling about the league? That is not in general. I, I, you know, we can talk about how you're actually I mean, feeling later. I, I'm personally feeling fantastic because as a <laughs> okay. Minnesota United fan, I'm not necessarily concerned about the stability of the league that my team will be playing in for years to come. Um, as an MASL fan, I'm, I'm cautiously pessimistic. I'm not necessarily saying that everything is burning down. Because you do have a number of very stable, well-run teams that are going to keep the lights on regardless. Mm -hmm. But just for 2017 alone, obviously Minnesota United's gone. Possibly Ottawa, if you believe the suggestion that it's 50-50. And do you honestly expect Ryo OKC to exist with the current ownership? That's the the million dollar question for me. I could see them with the current ownership, probably not. But I could see someone else stepping in and doing something just to because they need a midwestern team, man. And right? Chicago yeah. isn't going to be ready to go. They're yeah, gonna, they're going to come in in twenty eighteen. Right, and even at that, you know, they're they're still waiting on some announcements with stadiums. Is Soldier Field going to actually be an option for them? Who knows? But. All of the momentum as far as expansion teams seems to be towards USL at this point. Because A, you have so many question marks about the teams that are in the NASL right now. And B, there are some business factors that make it a little bit more appealing for a new team owner to go into USL. You know, They are seeing it as more of a link to going into MLS I don't know who would come in and save NASL right now. Yeah. So. Well, all we can hope is that they can find another Ricardo Silva out there. And because, you know, uh, he's, he sure has a yeah. lot of money, right? And he's, he's going well, I all mean, out. I, I don't want to hammer this point too much. But when you think about some of the owners that have come into the league, the two areas of success that they've had with new ownership have either been local owners, think somebody like Bill McGuire, see what's going on in Carolina right now, where they've really stabilized things. Indy too. Or Indy as well, yeah. Um, or it's been somebody with a ridiculous, ridiculous sum of money like Ricardo Silva. 
<laughs> because beyond that, you know, you've had you've had Rio, you've had Fort Lauderdale, who initially seemed to have a good amount of money behind them, but now obviously not so much. They are a little strapped. I mean, I think for my part, it all depends on getting and retaining more expansion teams. If if they let Ottawa leave, that's really bad because I mean, it's one thing to leave for the Canadian Premier League, but for USL, it's a bad sign to send. Uh, we're also going to find out hopefully in another month or two what USF thinks about the divisional standards. And I think there's now a genuine risk of USL being named as a co-division too. Um, um, I, I, I'm still not like, it's. I think it's a little too late for me to try to think about what that means, the divisional marking. So, um, uh, but but I think, I think it's worth pondering if that might matter to business people. We'll talk about it in subsequent episodes. Yeah, good point. Speaking of uh, subsequent uh, things that are coming up, let's take a quick break here and then we'll come back, we'll breeze through the matches and then get to the predictions. Welcome back to Toughcast. This is Notch. And this is Colin. Caleb is off preparing to get married this weekend. Honestly, re- recording over at his place, I've gotten to meet his fiance. It's going to be, what, like two days that I can call her that. They seem to be totally on point, so I'm, I'm really happy for them. They are really great. They are really yeah. great. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that both you and uh, Caleb came on and have been recording. It's been it's been a it's been a good uh, run so far, and so we'll we'll keep going. It's it's fun, right? It's yeah, fun. yeah. All right, okay. The listeners can't see the gun I'm holding to your head uh, at the moment. Yeah, from like what four thousand miles away. Hey man, it's a really long gun. <laughs> and you have a really good aim too. Like seriously, it's I'm I'm slightly frightened. I do in fact see. Oh wait, no, the the laser beams hit the ceiling above me. Great, yeah, I'm there safe. You go. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's let's get on to this uh, the the games that occurred uh, recently, and we'll we'll just get through them very quickly because this episode is going to run very long if we do what we typically do. Fort Lauderdale played Minnesota United at home um, in Fort Lauderdale. That is uh, with a massive attendance of 455 people. Yes, that's that's right. You said 455. That was not a typo. That was not a misspeak. 455 came. There, there was one More... point. I was watching the periscope of the game for uh-huh. like about five minutes while I was trying to find a, a good illegal stream because nobody has CBS Sports Network. Um, <laughs> at one point, the periscope had over a thousand people watching. Yeah. Wow. There were more that's people incredible. watching somebody's phone shakily watching the game than were actually in attendance there are more people on average who watch nasl on bn sports than were actually at the game in fort lauderdale <laughs> i think both these statistics together yeah dire indictment man so it ended nil nil um anything worth talking about with this game um kevin venegas came back stefano pino came back uh kevin venegas played as a right wing he was not playing at fullback wow that uh, there have been a few people who've told me that they would prefer him to play there. I'm not really there myself. I prefer him to play on the uh, as as a fullback. Uh, but how did he do, in your opinion? Um, he wasn't on long enough to make too much of an impression. Um, 
he looked as though his technical abilities were back. I think mm-hmm. he might need a little bit more sharpness, but you know, a solid enough performance, I guess. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. I think solid enough performance is also something that Giovanni Severesi told uh, his team after they beat the Cosmos, beat Indy 11, 3 0 at 3 0, yeah. And the Cosmos finally breaking the curse. Yeah, and not. Sh- I think you were the only one of us that predicted that Indy would come out ahead on this. I mean, what were you fair, thinking? To be fair, ev- this is the first time the Cosmos have beaten Indy, home or away, and India has always like found a way to thump them. So, I don't know, man. We'll have to talk about this later if we think that Indy is now on a decline because they also, in their next game, didn't do so well either. Right. But a um, bit of Cosmos news. Hunter Freeman was signed by Miami FC. <laughs> yeah, another another Cosmo retiring to Miami. Yeah. Uh, transfer fee of 150K, man. Yeah, I'm... It would be an impressive signing if we weren't too busy being focused about whether or not it was a legal signing. So Gio Savarisi mentioned that the Cosmos weren't directly contacted about this transfer. Instead, it went through Freeman and they just came to him afterwards and said, hey, we've got a contract set up, approve this transfer for 150000 yeah, they bet NASL better sort this one out. Like this is, and and by the way, this is also now you you can see how the people who are all like this league is run by the Cosmos. The Cosmos have too much clout. Well, now you can see the Cosmos. The Cosmos have lost three players to the same team in one season. Right, and then I mean, the the despite this uh, thing that I find very easy to believe that they the the request didn't go through the team and that the player was approached directly. Um, you you see that nothing's happened to Miami yet uh, right. about it. So it, uh, I, th- let's I just, think the... we'll spell out the official FIFA rules. A player can negotiate with a club if he has less than six months left on his current deal. So you can sign a pre-contract, things like that. Um, news came out today, I believe, that Freeman would be extending his deal with Miami with a 2018 option, but mm. that 2017 was guaranteed in his Cosmos contract. Yeah, so that's... Uh, you make well, up your own conclusions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you also have to make up your own conclusions on Ottawa versus FC Edmonton, because that game ended 2-2, so there wasn't a winner to help us decide who we wanted to to uh, back here. And there were 5,000 people in attendance in Ottawa. Um, anything yeah, about this game crowd. we're talking about? Um. Daryl Fordyce was the uh, NASL Player of the Week for a couple of pretty solid goals to claw Edmonton back to an away draw. Um, beyond that, eh, n- not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, um, Cosmos also. What's up? Oh, I was just going to mention um, there was another good um, performance from Matt Van Oakle, um, especially when he saved two penalties in a row. Holy crap, dude. That's incredible. What a yep, beast. so yep, penalty number one. Um, it was determined that uh, Diakite uh, jumped the line. Um, penalty was redone, still saved. Wow. That, that, that's that's Matt Van Oakle for you, man. He's, <laughs> when he turns it on, he is really on. Um, 
Cosmo tied Fort Lauderdale in Fort Lauderdale nil nil. Uh, this time the attendance was uh, one thousand eight hundred and twenty one. Um, Congratulations to Fort Lauderdale for quadrupling attendance over a span of three days. <laughs> a bunch of them were probably there just because they thought it was a cricket match, and you know, uh, were were mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Um, Really, it was a shelling by the Cosmos throughout the game. Um, mm-hmm. Best chance probably was Arietta in the 27th minute, headed it right off the bar. Um, the Cosmos only had five players on the bench due to some international call-ups and due to Hunter Freeman leaving. Mm. Um, they really could have used Yasmani Duke in this game. They could have used Andres Flores. Um, right. But beyond that, best 11 performance for um, for Lauderdale's Bruno. Uh, eight saves in the game. Yep, and, and and after he did that, Diego Restrepo, their other goalkeeper, has now been uh, traded to the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which just today, which is pretty crazy because he was playing with the Rowdies and he had that horror, horrible injury, took some time yeah. off, came back uh, this year at Fort Lauderdale. Now he's back with the Rowdies, so we'll see we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, well, just on on signing news, by the way, we didn't mention earlier that Minnesota United signed Chris Clute. Yeah, Chris Clute. Um, Left back out of uh, the Portland Timbers system. Mm-hmm. Um, appeared at least in a January camp under Jurgen Klinsmann, I think in 2014, something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, he, he also uh, was used to play in the NASL. I think it was Silverbacks of San Antonio. One the Silverbacks, I think. Yeah. yeah. That That's right. Yeah. His performance for the Silverbacks got him a gig with uh, Colorado where he. I think he impressed most. He's kind of stalled out since he's gone to Portland. He yeah. had a, a pretty bad injury, if I remember right, and then just wasn't able to get his way back into the team. A lot of people have been speculating that he would be one of the, you know, kind of that level of guy that would be available in the expansion draft. So gotcha. this might be a little bit of an audition for him. It might be a little bit of an audition for what the level of talent is for a guy that's going to be available to Minnesota United in a few months. Uh, moving along, Carolina beat Jacksonville 1-0 in front of 4,000 people. Um, bit, not much of a surprise there, I don't think. Yep, All of us yeah. predicted exactly that. Yeah, nice nice little goal from uh, Cipollani. It did his best Lance Lang impression. Chipped it on a half volley. Um, just bounced once, hit it from just outside the box, popped over the keeper. Um, that was... Yeah. Uh, Nazmi Al-Badawi's ninth assist of the season takes over the league lead. Uh, but beyond that, nothing really happened. Indy versus Tampa Bay ended 1-1 in front of 9,000 people in Indy. This was kind of a back-and-forth game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, solid crowd for Indy. And again, yeah, back-and-forth starts to the match. Um, it opened up a bit when the Rowdies were able to score off of a free kick. Kind of a scrum in the box, um, bounce to Joe Cole, ricochet to Justin Chavez, and there wasn't much that John Bush could do about it. You know, right. even if even if he was a little bit more spry in the legs, he wouldn't be able to get to that one. Puerto Rico FC was beaten by Miami three nil. Um, not much of a surprise there, I don't think. Uh, except that you predicted Puerto Rico would get this one. <laughs> Puerto Rico's a weird trip, but then again, this is Miami we were talking about. Um, it was mm. good to see Johnny Seal come back. Um, the one true captain totally. did come back after that really scary fall that he had, and now we can get back to hating his guts. Um, the other very notable, jiffable thing that happened, um, Ramon Martin Del Campo. Now, should you see this, Jeff, yet? Nope. Oh, boy. Um, so, 
Dario Savitanich rounded the keeper, shot on a wide open net. Del Campo mm. slid to try and clear the ball off the line. Rather than get to the ball, um, let's just say that the near post got to the ball when Del Campo split himself straight up on the upright. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I watched it a couple of times, and each time I, I just retched and grabbed my midsection. I was like, no, no, oh, yeah, wow. all, all, with, with guys, all you need to do is just like imply that something's going to happen to our nuts and we get like flinchy. So to actually see it happen to another guy, ugh. no, I actually yeah. did see this GIF. I just forgot and it was posted on Reddit. So yeah, that was that looked painful. Um, by the way, also, I, I speaking of Puerto Rico, I got to see India versus Puerto Rico in Mumbai. Yeah, how was that game? And this was a game where not like the Puerto Rico FC guys who play for Puerto Rico weren't there. It was super interesting. Small stadium, kind of like what you would expect from like the conference level teams in England. You know, I think the capacity is like seven, eight thousand. It was mostly full. Uh, no alcohol. Super cheap though. Like so, so cheap. And uh, facility yeah, was, was like, really good. It was like equivalent of like three bucks to get in, right? Yeah, it was. It was fun, and I think the level of play was pretty much NASL level. So. Um, I didn't. I don't regret going, and it's kind of my city, so so it was fun. It was nice, nice little diversion. Lots of photographs that I posted on uh, Twitter, along with some videos. But uh, Minnesota United beat Araya OKC one nil at home this past weekend, uh, yep. which was pretty great. Christian Ramirez getting on the scoreline again. What were your thoughts on this game, man? Um, it was probably a lot more uneven than a one nil scoreline. Um, it it did take Minnesota about thirty minutes to kick on, but. As soon as they did, it was pretty much just a straight-up offensive performance from them. Um, I almost want to credit the goal for Ramirez to Lance Lang. Um, it was a great run by him to cut into the box. Cross went over Fernandez, tapped into Jamie Watson, uh, just kind of bounced it to Ramirez and smashed it into the top of the net. Um, after that, Minnesota had three times where either a penalty would have been called or a goal would have been scored except for Ramirez was offside. And I don't... In the crowd, you had some questions about whether or not they were offside, but when he came back, every mm-hmm. single one was was legit. Um, beyond that, not much. Soft red given to uh, Michelle Mybel in the 80th minute. Um, what? Michelle earning a red card? That's not happened before this season. Gasp! Gasp! Right, exactly. But uh, one goal given up by Minnesota in the past five games. Not bad. Not bad yeah. at all, man. Uh, particularly when you look at playoff chances. Uh, Puerto Rico FC tied uh, Ottawa nil-nil. Um, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have believed that they tied if you had been watching One World Sports. So the one chance that really was even worthwhile in the game uh, came from an absolute galazzo by Hector Ramos in the 65th mm-hmm. minute. Uh, funny story, he celebrated by uh, getting handed... Del Campo's jersey. He was missing the game. Um, JP Del Camera had no idea why he would have been missing the game. I don't know. Maybe because he was castrated about four days before. Um, Parade for the crowd seemed to have gotten a booking. Um, they figured out that it was actually the referee saying that the goal did not stand. It was an indirect free kick that was called. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 85th minute, they acted as though the producer had just handed them a piece of paper saying, oh, yeah, that wasn't a goal. And right. they were just flabbergasted as to what was wrong with it. 
Um, I, I think this is this is the Directv attention going to their heads. I think I think a couple of weeks ago they would have been much more humble, but but now now they're like the eyes of the world are on us. They're like we can't, we can't screw this up. Well, it's like all of a sudden they were like, oh, we don't need to make it seem like we're actually in Puerto Rico, do we? <laughs> but um, it, it, the one thing I will say, and um, Yanis Mahalik said this pretty succinctly. The referee didn't signal as if it was an indirect free kick. He acted as though it was a direct free kick. So there uh, was at least some reason among the players and among the uh, viewing public on YouTube for the confusion. But ended up nil-nil. I had pr- actually predicted Ottawa to win it. Um, Caleb was the one that was right. He predicted a draw that was kind of mm-hmm. leaning towards Ottawa. I would probably suggest that it was about like that. All right, speaking of predictions, let's get on to this weekend's uh, predictions. And we're just going to breeze through this one. No reasoning this time. We're already running kind of late. So Fort Lauderdale versus Indy, who you got? I got Indy. Yep, Caleb and I also have Indy, although Caleb thinks it might be a draw. We'll see. We're all saying that basically that, that Indy's decline isn't going to isn't gonna kind of continue, and hopefully it won't. Uh, New York Cosmos versus Minnesota United. Uh, um, I have New York Cosmos, uh, and Caleb decided to do what I typically do, which is do pass when it comes to Minnesota United games. I think he didn't want to pick the Cosmos like I did. <laughs> All right, do for the I Cosmos. I feel bad so about you, it. So United's yeah. going to win and prove us wrong. Carolina God, versus Ottawa. So. All three of us have Carolina. Puerto Rico FC versus Tampa Bay. You're predicting Puerto Rico FC or a draw here? Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting a draw, but I, I could see Puerto Rico pulling it out, but I don't know. Ooh. I, I don't Tampa. feel good about it. I got Tampa. For FC Edmonton versus Miami. Um, you and I have FC Edmonton, whereas Caleb has Miami. Hmm. There's a little enough variation this week that I think uh, uh, if we were counting scores, this would be a nice week for somebody to catch up or extend the yeah. lead. Um, um, and as far on. as the OKC versus Jacksonville game, um, Caleb has picked absolutely no one. I've picked football lines, and you seem to have OKC. I think they're still a decent enough team on the pitch that uh, they can they can make it happen. But you're right; it, it, this is like the you know one of the games that matters a little less. I think at this point now, given given the way the season is shaking out. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so glad that I don't have to watch that game. I'll just say that much. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, all right, man. I am starting to nod off. It is really, really, really late here. Uh, I need to get some sleep. I got to drive to Wales tomorrow. Four hours, man. Um, Fun and stuff. Programming note: We will again probably be recording later in the week next week because then I can do it in person instead of uh, doing this skyping shenanigans that we're doing right now. Uh, it might so, not sound terrible, but surprisingly enough, it is a logistical nightmare. Right. So instead of trying to to work through what GMT translates Central Time, we might just come again later in the week uh, next week. Stay tuned for an update on that on Twitter, but. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at TW United Finance. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast. Tell your friends about the show as well. We'd really appreciate it. I am on Twitter at LockstockSpock. And where can the good people find you, Colin? They can find me at The Attachment with plenty of hot takes about Janice Shortle. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. We will catch you next week. Bye-bye.